Well, it is another week. This is Andrew Wood, joined as always by pastor and friend Jason Hayes. Jason, you know, last week we talked about a light at the end of the tunnel. I think we even see more light this week. Do you? Do you agree I, with that? I, I agree with that. Yes, it has been, um, it's been good. You know, I think, um, clearly a lot of people are still, uh, slow and I understand that and that is appropriate, but you are beginning to see, but some uh, are not. <laughs> some are very, very opposite and, uh, some are definitely opposite. And of that. I would say, you know, I, I need to be careful today because just this last week I, um, you know, put out a pretty strong, yep. like, encouragement to our body. Like, let's, let's be mindful that people have differing opinions on this. Let's not project our own opinions right. or our own comfort level. No shaming. On other people. No shaming. And yet, I will say, literally, <laughs> I, that was preached on Sunday. Okay. And on Monday, I'm at the baseball facility, uh, with my oldest son. Okay. Now, they have opened up. This is for exclusively for private lessons. Okay. And there were very clear instructions. This is the first one back, okay? Yep. Very clear instructions on this is how it's going to work. And it was, you know, only uh, the player enters the facility. Uh, at no, no siblings, no parents, only the player. In addition, if they are coming in, if they're having batting lessons, they're bringing their bat and their batting gloves, period. If they're doing pitching lessons, they're only bringing their gloves. Like that is the yep. clear instruction. And I sat in that parking lot on Monday afternoon for an hour <laughs> and watched every yep. parent, every sibling, yep. every grandparent, no masks. And it was not the facility. Let me be very yeah, yeah. Quick, quick to say the facility did a fantastic job. And although I didn't go in, I did ask my son, Hayden, tell me what was going on in there. And he said everything that sounds like they were doing no that was not the case (laughs) you know they had marked out and so they were doing their part and it just continues to go back to the fact that everyone says don't police us we can police ourselves you cannot police yourself i think i think the thing here's (laughs) or at least a whole bunch of people are not here's what the here's what it is though everybody is itching i mean itching to get back yes so uh to give you a point of reference the uh, in knoxville Last Friday was the first day barbershops were open. And you have guess, a great looking haircut. Guess today. who had the first haircut at uh my barbershop? There was no doubt it was this going guy. To be you. I had a mask on, my barber had a mask on, he wore gloves. Um but I was his last haircut before the virus and his first haircut when they opened back up. And so uh and then then we we decided cuz we haven't we haven't gone and seen uh family that don't live in Knoxville we haven't right. seen them in six weeks seven weeks maybe longer and and so three years three, four, you know, yeah. I don't like, even remember their name COVID yeah no, sorry yeah. like COVID's not even a thing two years ago <laughs> and uh and so this weekend we went to my father-in-law's okay great uh who lives in um up on uh Monterey Mountain out, I mean, there's no cell service. When you started to lead mm-hmm. into Monterey Mountain, it was required that you said up on. Yeah, up on because Monterey that leads Mountain. into that's, that's like right. You're contextualizing. That's right. So, that. so we are. He's way out there. No cell service. There's no nothing. I mean, I, I came. We came home uh, one night, and I just pulled my phone out and just recorded. You couldn't see anything. I just recorded the sounds because <laughs> there was no cars. There was yeah. no like uh, light noise. If yeah. you know what that. And, yep. and so it was just. 
crickets and frogs. I and love that. Roosters and, you know, and so we went, we had to take the, the mules and the ponies, seven animals to get, uh, shoes put on. And we went to the Amish country in Kentucky. Yes. And yes. so I was really curious on how the Amish like we're handling this. Yes, were they were they doing impact? Were they doing anything similar? Were they even paying attention to it? But but actually, uh, my father in law, because to, to get your horses shoed, uh, shod with with the Amish, you just have to make an appointment. There's no phone calls. Right. There's no internet. So right. you just you write it in a notebook. Right. I'm going to be here on this day at this time. And so we show up, and it was actually the first day they were back. They took the entire month off because oh, wow. Kentucky shut them down. Yep. Uh, we went into a little, uh, uh, like, market area in right. there, and they had tape marked off six feet. Wow. Uh, and so I was like, man, they're, they're paying attention. And, and so uh, they're probably, I mean, if I were them, I'd have probably been like, I don't want any of y'all near us. <laughs> yeah, no we kidding. haven't traveled anywhere. Yeah, no and kidding. so y'all quit coming, but... You know, they make probably really good money. Yeah, I would imagine what they so. do. And so it was, a, it was a great experience for, for the kids. So to Amish see that. country and a haircut. That's a pretty strong weekend. Road four wheelers. We, the kids got to, uh, ride a bareback on a mule. I mean, it was, it was a weekend, buddy. They fished. It was good. We also took our boys, uh, oh, and I say we, I took the boys to get their haircuts. Uh, you know, I don't participate yeah. in that. Uh, however, um, I did, and I actually wondered because you're you're short. You've yeah, I'm like, short. You've gone short. I actually encouraged our barber to go a little bit extra shorter with yep. the boys because I just thought you about, never know. Is there any possibility this thing gets shut down again? That's one of the reasons and they why were I went shorter. Pretty bushy, uh, yeah. you know, going into the haircuts. Yeah, that's so, one of the reasons why I went shorter is because I like. Well, if they come in and shut it down again, at least I'll have. You know, more time. So have you, uh, have you done anything else? I mean, in the sense of like, you know, you, you've not stepped into a restaurant no, yet. No, no, we haven't, we haven't done sort. that. We, the, the only thing we have done different than what we've been doing the last five weeks is I got a haircut and we went and visited family, but even visiting family, we stayed in the house pretty much the whole time right. or on the farm. And, um, and so it wasn't a, we had, uh, we had an Easter thing at, at my father-in-law's. Uh, but other than that, I mean, we came back home and, and, you know, we're not, we have no plans right now to, you know, to go out to eat and yep. do those things. Right. Mainly because our family's too big and so we yeah. be breaking rules. Yes, exactly. But, um, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see how long phase one really lasts because people are getting a taste. Yep. And, yep. And, and the reality is, you know, some people are saying, well, you know, we're going to open it back up and, and positive tests are going to go up. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, we yeah. know that. Yeah, we, that's there's the no works. denying that. That's the way it works. It's the same right. thing of, of people going, uh, we must up our testing, and then we up our testing, and the they they panic because the numbers skyrocket. I'm like, well, that's what's going to happen. It's one of the reasons that the United States leads the world yeah. in positive cases because we Test are more. exponentially yeah. at a higher rate of testing. Well, and, and Tennessee's yeah. been leading the way as yeah. well. And the sure. governor was just the other day with with President Trump in Washington talking about what Tennessee's doing, and and in Tennessee, just to prepare you, yesterday. Or, or this week, there were some tests of a prison population in, in Tennessee. And what we've seen is the prison population has been kind of high rates of, right. of infection. And and so the, the health department is like, just so you know, we may see an uptick by about a 1,000 overnight right. that, because of that. So right. don't think that that's a yes. uh, 
something out of the ordinary, <laughs> but I think people are just seeing numbers and they're freaking out instead of kind of reading the fine print. I, uh, I, uh, I visited one of our local dining establishments. Okay. I don't mind to mention. I will, um, have an endorsement deal with Jason's Deli. Awesome. Uh, awesome. based on my name. That okay, makes that, sense. That is not that true makes sense. at all. However, I did, uh, go to Jason's Deli because we had a gift card. Okay. And so we did takeout. Okay. And I went and picked it up last evening and there was no one there. I was shocked. Really? Like there was there was one family on the patio and then inside they basically had, you know, the large majority of the tables covered with boxes so you sure. really couldn't sit there. So of course they were creating distancing. But I at 6:30 uh on a Tuesday evening there were probably 3 to 4 families on the entire premise. So here's the and question. Which was surprising yeah, here's to me. the question. Do you think that that is I mean, I think that's going to continue, but but let's look at the motivation of why that's continuing. Is it because people are, are nervous, or is it because people have gotten used to eating at home or even yeah. doing takeout and going, maybe we don't need to spend that money. Maybe yeah. we don't need to go out. Maybe we can be at home. What do you think the the motivation is behind some of these? You know, Because you could go to a restaurant right now. Well, there, but it's not, it's here, not well, it, busy. There's a couple of variables. One is it could be that yesterday everyone was at the Mexican restaurant. That's true. For Cinco de Mayo. I don't know. You know, uh, however, um, I also know that for me, one of the main incentives to go to Jason's Deli is to enjoy a couple things. Yep. Salad bar, a big salad bar, yep. and the free ice cream. Come on. Well, I'm not going to be jumping into a public <laughs> salad bar right now. That's true. And I don't even believe the ice cream machine was open. Oh, well. And so, you know, I think you that, just lost there could the have been a family. bunch of people that just left. <laughs> you just you know? lost the Wood family. So who yeah. knows on that? I do think, to to your point, I think a lot of people are saying, hey, we're, we, are, we are growing uh, more and more comfortable with doing things that we would deem as, you know, in their own mind, kind of somewhat essential, yeah. as you would say, a haircut or sure. – uh, you know, hey, I, I really want to work on this project at the house, but I, I've tried to be mindful and, and I've tried to not just go and kind of peruse around Home Depot, but I really need to do that so I can kind of think through the yeah. project. You know, I think there's been a lot of people that have been kind of taking on the I'm getting in and I'm getting out uh, approach. And so I think some some um, some space has been kind of is growing there. Some comfort level is growing there. However, when it comes to things like, uh, you know, dining, and I will say, you know, we are continuing to make decisions. Again, today there will be no major announcement. <laughs> uh, however, but when we, we sense that there's going to be a lot of people that are growing more and more comfortable, maybe going back to their place of employment, you know, again, going into the grocery store possibly rather than, uh, you know, maybe having it dropped off or yep. doing curbside. But the idea of jumping into a crowd, there's still going to be a lot of people that are held back with it. But I think to your point also, you know, for us, like, man, I'm like, we're saving a lot of money by not eating out all the time. Yeah, for and sure. we are uh, enjoying dinners. And, and for, for us also, one of the reasons that we often would eat out is because it was like halfway to the, to practice. Yep. You know, like, okay, you meet me here and I'll meet you there. And then we're going to part and we're going to go different directions for a game or a scrimmage or a practice. And, and in that all of that stuff is not happening. We're just going to stay at home and eat. Yeah, that's the that's been the the biggest thing is the lack of distractions, lack of activities. And yep. so, uh, I remember growing up when we would go to ball games, and and at one point, I was on one field, my brother was on another field, my other brother was on another field. They weren't even in the same like campus area. Yep. And so 
that's all we did was yep. fat, run through a drive through and then and then go play or the concession and, stand. or the concession dinner, stand dinner yeah. is the concession yeah, and stand. so and yeah. so as you you know with with that kind of being set aside well I'm at home and and we've been doing the Instacart thing for a yep. while anyway like yep. groceries uh being delivered we've just been doing that because with four kids it's just a lot easier yeah, to get, sure. to not go to the grocery store uh and, and so and even even with projects at home like for Home Depot or Lowe's we've we've started going okay here's what we need we just order it online and then they tell us when to come pick it up we go and pick it up and come home we don't so, even have to walk in the building so a great uh great story here is that we have uh, a friend in Nashville that um you know when you, if you do click list or any similar you yeah. know iteration of that uh, at these various grocers uh, they will do substitutes. Uh, you yep. know, they, so if they're out of a certain product, they'll offer you a substitution. And often, um, as, well, a number of these uh, stores provided at the same price. Yeah. So you know, if you wanted this, you wanted a Nabisco cookie, and uh, they were out of Oreos, and it was two ninety nine a pack. Well, then you know they'll offer a substitute, which is their Ingles brand or their right. Kroger brand. And it's the same price. I mean, sometimes it works like that. I think it's interesting. You, your first thought was cookies. Yes. But. Yeah. Exactly. I don't. I don't know if you actually know this, but I used to work for Nabisco. I don't. Know. Uh, a I few of my that. summers okay. back in high school, okay. I was a uh, temporary sales rep and stock okay. shelves. Sounds amazing. So, yeah, it was pretty great. Um, actually, it was not. But uh, anyways, I uh, I had a friend in Nashville that posted said, "Be careful or be mindful of substitutions because at t- at times." You know, they, they send it to you and you just quickly right, be like, right. except they had put in a request for a one pound bag of sugar. Okay. And, uh, and they show, she showed a picture of her on Instagram and it was literally, it looked like a potato sack. <laughs> it was like a 10 of pound bag of sugar that they had loaded into the back of her vehicle. It was like, you know, the car was like sunk down <laughs> nearly, you know. And so, um, just be mindful of your substitution. Yeah. Well, that's, that's list. good. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's all, uh, it's just been really interesting. It's that's crazy, the word man. that I keep going back to because I, 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 yesterday we had a plumber come in to, to hope because we were having an issue. And that's what we kept talking about was just, of course, he, he's already got a dirty job. And, yes. and, you know, now he's like, we were standing away from each other and it's just a, it's a strange dynamic now when you approach somebody and what that, uh, what that exchange looks like or lack of exchange. And we'll, we'll talk more about that when we come back. Give me a minute to hold my girl. Give me a minute. So as we continue the conversation off air, we were talking about the docuseries from ESPN called The Last Dance about uh, the 1998 Chicago Bulls. And you haven't watched one episode. I have not watched a single episode. I was a huge Jordan fan. Same. I think I got... um, Sheep. I would say sheep. Yeah. I was was a huge sheep. I I had a few people say to me pretty quickly, like, because I just couldn't watch the first night. Uh, plays on Sunday evenings yep. and I just couldn't do it. I had something going on and I, like quickly, like Monday, someone's like, Hey, be careful. Like don't show that to your kids Definitely or some of that sort, yeah, you yeah. know? And, and so I just kind of slowed on it and then now I'm behind. Uh, it's interesting though, because on ESPN, uh, it's my understanding they are showing the one that has, you know, full language, yep. not, no, um, kind of anything being bleeped out, whatever it may be. And yet on ESPN2, yeah. they have the one that is a little cleaner. And it just seems like, isn't that a telling, you know, like yep. telling thing? Like on the main network, 
Yeah. You're going like that to, would be swapped. Yeah, shouldn't it be swapped? A it bit? looks like they would just bleep it out. Like, yeah. I don't even like, understand why, it, yeah, why, exactly. why they, I just don't get it. Like, even to the point of there's some clips of old press conferences that I've heard for years. Right. Like one of the, Doug Collins used to say, you know, we, uh, what was the plan at the end of the game? He's like, give the ball to Mike and yeah. get, get out of the yeah. way. Yeah. But, but it was always bleeped out what right. he said. Well, they played the full clip. <laughs> And I was like, we've had that bleeped out our whole life. It's, Why are you playing? It's the- interesting that they've deemed that there's a certain audience that yeah. that actually attracts. In fact, I, I when went in a in a land far, far away in a years years ago when I actually went to the movie theater. <laughs> uh, you know, it feels like it has been an eternity. Um, but I went to the movies and. Uh, I had gone to see a movie like let's say it was on on a on a Friday and then the next Friday I went to see a different movie okay and so I think Carrie and I went and saw something and uh I can't remember what was the there was a big war movie that came out a few months ago man it's escaping me 1917 yes 1917 which was rated oh, amazing. R amazing okay yeah. uh it is rated R and it is rated R and, and and I will tell you you know people can be out there and be mad at yeah. me if they want uh but I will go to an occasional R rated movie if it is for uh that type of stuff yeah. you know if it is more like historical violence type stuff yeah. not for uh you know and and I do my research I'm not going to go to an R movie if it you know, has things that are sure. related to sexuality or whatever it may be. And, uh, so I, I'd gone to some movie with Carrie, let's say the previous week, and it was probably rated PG or PG 13. And, uh, and we saw a preview, uh, for a certain movie. And then we went the, I went the next week with my father to see 1917. And there was a preview for, for the same movie. Okay. But the preview was actually different. Oh, wow. So, like, it was notable in the preview that was being shown for a a group of people that were there to watch an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. They had dropped all kinds of <laughs> F-bombs in there. And then you didn't have that in the preview. And, of course, naturally, that's why they, sure. they have to do that. But, again, it's just, like, this idea that somehow – that there's an appeal to people. And yeah. I'm just like, listen, it just does not appeal to me. And I understand I'm not every person, but what yeah. an interesting well, dynamic. The, the biggest thing is, is the, with the last dance is I don't think it brings anything extra. Right. Right. To the, to the docuseries. Like yeah. it doesn't make me go, Oh, now I get Michael Jordan more because he's using that language. Like that doesn't do so anything So is he for being me. recorded in his home, which he's, is currently for sale? He's in one of his homes. Or has been he's for sale. He's in one of his homes. I don't know. I don't know which one, but uh, he's in one of his homes uh, in different settings. And so this past episode, the most recent, it also had uh, Barack Obama was in it. Yep. Cause they, they tried their best to act as if Michael was political. And you know, the, right. the famous quote of Michael was Republicans buy sneakers too. Cause yep. somebody tried to get him endorse a Democratic candidate. And he was like, look, yeah, I'm, not I'm a, that. I'm a basketball player yep. and I'm about selling sneakers. Right. And everybody buys those. And right. even in this, in the, in the film, he's like, I had no interest yeah. in, he, in yeah, getting he, involved. He has in no that. remorse. In fact, Barack no. and I did, I read a little bit about it. You know, Obama said yeah. that. He really wished that, you know, that he would have used his platform, yeah. you know, yeah, and, and, and Jordan has not recanted no. of that. No, Jordan's like, like I was a basketball player. That's all I was wrapped up in. Uh, he was like, 
for my mom, I sent a donation just because my mom wanted me to. Right. But other than that, I just wanted to play basketball. And I really appreciate that. Like, even to this day, he's like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm not getting into that. And now he's worth billions of dollars yeah. because he understands, hey, a lot of people buy my, my shoes. Yes. And, and so it was interesting. He talked about the last time, what was supposed to be the last time he played in Madison Square right. Garden in 1998. And he brought back the Jordan ones from, from his rookie year. Right. And he said at halftime, his feet were bleeding. He was like, <laughs> you have no idea how, how they, how much we've modernized the shoe. Yes. He said, my feet were bleeding at halftime. He said at the end of the game, he said, I kept playing with him because I was playing well. And at the end of the game, he said, my whole sock was full of blood. <laughs> and he's like, that's they great. were the worst shoes to play basketball oh, in ever, great. which I thought was an interesting perspective. So, uh, shameless plug for the lovely Carrie Hayes, who is in real estate. Uh, so if you have any, so if you have any real estate <laughs> needs out there, let us know. Um, no, I, I say this like, so somehow, you know, Carrie gets all these, um, emails and things related to, uh, real estate and real estate trends that are happening, not just locally, but sure. globally. And sometimes they do these like special things that talk about, uh, you know, celebrities homes that are on the market and <laughs> the clientele Carrie is working with is not selling, uh, you know, or looking to buy not Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's home. Yeah. But it's interesting that it said that his home, that he bought it for some crazy millions yeah. of dollars, but his home has actually decreased in value. And you think, how is that possible? And, you know, because the market increases sure. and stuff, but it's because he's customized everything. Yeah. I read an article and, that and only, every- and only so many people really want yeah. to spend, you know, I'm just making up numbers, but $40 million on a home that has the number 23 all over yeah. it. You know? When it's like they, they said he over customized it. Yes. And so you have to be, now for a Michael Jordan fan, the, the issue is most of us that are Jordan fans can't afford his home. Right. Right. It's the same thing like the home alone and house. And the person that can't afford it isn't so. No. So like, uh, no. you know, they're not just so enamored by Michael Jordan. They're like, I just would like a nice, sharp looking swimming pool. Yeah. I don't need the number 23 plastered because on the bottom. Because if of I it. was, right. if I was pulling in that driveway with my wife, right. And that was our home. Right. And we bought it from Michael Jordan. Every day I pulled in, I'd go, that's Michael's number. <laughs> like that's what I would do every, Michael swam here. What? what Michael worked out here. What was here. your number growing up? Did you have a go-to uh, number? I was, I was number, 23 in middle school. Okay, nice. And uh, that was my plan. I was going to be 23 in yep. high school. And then uh, there was a senior that transferred in mm. and was really good. And I was yeah. a freshman. And so he got 23. So I uh, switched to 33. Okay. And so I was 33 through high school well, in basketball. Uh, and then number seven in baseball. Nice. Uh, I was 17 consistently in, in sports for whatever reason. I just liked number 17. And so I would imagine probably today I'll probably go home uh, and maybe try to put a gate up that's uh, as my number. On so you would be like, "What? Are, what is you he know, doing?" Like if we, Carrie yep. and I have been kicking around the idea of a swimming pool. Uh, yep. If we were to stay in our home, uh, we, you know, uh, you and I have talked a lot. We always really do want our home to be the place sure. where the yep. boys can invite their friends over yeah. and stuff. And so I would imagine if a it's a swimming will be pool, involved. there will probably be a big 17 plaster. Do, you, plastered do on your the kids of wear number 17 because you wear number 17? Uh, in fact, they don't even probably care nor oh, know. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, they, uh, my, my youngest, uh, is number one. Okay. In, in the sports he plays. Uh, and then my oldest is number three. Okay. In the sports he plays. And my middle is number 99. Of course he is. Which is such a great <laughs> yeah. Henley Hayes move, number yeah. 99. My brother was 13 
Yeah, he loved the number thirteen. He was thirteen all through. Seems a little Literally. unlucky, but hey, yeah, listen, he was uh, out the door. And so the the interesting thing about about numbers, when you, especially in baseball, is that becomes your name. So like Sean was one three. Hey one three. Like yeah, you just yeah, oh yeah, you just or your last name, your last name or right. your number. Uh, and so it was always interesting. So number was such a big part of my life. Yep. Until I graduated high school, and then it's like. Oh, no one cares anymore that I wore number yeah. 33. Yeah. But it was so ingrained into who I was, my identity. So, uh, so until speaking then. of baseball, I mean, let's, let's go back. I know that people probably don't want to hear too much more about COVID, but let's talk about baseball when we get back. It's because coming. the South Korean Baseball League. Come on. Has we all follow. We all follow. And apparently that. ESPN <laughs> yeah. has signed a deal with them to show like six games a week. Of course they are. They have that smart move. We'll talk about it when we come back. So as we get back to some sense of something, I'm not even going to call it normal, we uh, South Korean baseball is here, which we've all been waiting for. We have the we have baseball. And and so you just said ESPN signed a deal in like six I'd nights a week. I'd be curious to know how long this deal is. Like it literally may be a week-to-week type deal. Well, I mean, you know, it makes well, sense because sure. people are – People are watching NASCAR virtual races. Oh man, it is. I mean, we, is. we are, people are watching games from 10 years ago. A, 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 a virtual or simulated game between, I think, two of Villanova's national championship teams playing against one another. I mean, that's where we are today. <laughs> that's where we've gotten to. Is, oh, is, man. I just want to watch some version of sports. I I, yeah, I was something. flipping through the other day and there were video games being played. Right. On ESPN. And I was like, I just, I, there's got, I gotta find something yeah, else to do. And, I'm and not going to watch that. There's been, uh, yeah, as you said, um, you know, virtual, uh, uh, car racing. There has been, um, you know, uh, they did like, they did a version of the Kentucky Derby because, you know, that was something that we missed Derby weekend. And so, uh, there was some simulated version of that of like past champions, uh, all racing against one another. And I'm guessing a lot of that is done to give people still something to bet on. Oh, I'm I mean, sure, truthfully, yeah. you know, like yeah. I think there's going to be something that, that is keeping that industry moving forward. And so, um, I, can you imagine now people betting on South Korean baseball games? Well, I bet, I bet that, I bet, I bet people are betting on all kinds of things. When's the, when's the market back open? Lots when's, of profits. I, I mean, I bet there's yeah. a lot of things like that. As we as we think about all of the changes that are occurring, and, and we know even here in the state and, and around uh, the country, you have places like New York. New York Times announced yesterday they are not bringing their people back to work in the office until September. Uh, you had Gatlinburg announce recently, uh, I believe it was Gatlinburg, they're canceling their Fourth of July parade. So those are you very that, similar. That was the progr- same progr- the progression. I see very it. You similar. Went straight from yep. New York. New so York another Times another to, very large city yeah, to Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg. Got it. And and so and, and we so also no Fourth of July parade. I don't think so. Yeah. And so we we also have uh, churches. Some churches that are that are open and full fledged. Let's yep. go. Some that that are not. Uh, and so as we step into all that, what is what is what does that look like? I mean, because you are definitely going to have some states doing things differently. Obviously, because New York is a very different place than Tennessee. But even I had, uh, I saw somebody post they were going to, uh, they had to take their dad to a clinic and go over a state line, and I can't remember which state, but they were going through a checkpoint. Yep. Before they could enter the state. Correct. Getting their temperature taken. And, and uh, you know, and so we are just living in some very strange, 
strange uh, moments where Tennessee is opening, Georgia right. is opening, right. but then you have places like New York that's saying no, well, absolutely and not. And think how many business people, you know, even here in Knoxville, that that very well may jump on a plane, uh, you know, regularly. And I mean, before all this, sure. you know, they would jump on a plane regularly to go to New York for meetings or would jump, jump on a plane regularly to go to Boston for meetings. You're like, what? There's, there's one part of the country that is opened up and is functioning to a yep. degree and the other one that is absolutely not. And, and again, that's understandable, but man, it is going to make for some weird decision making. It is going to be for some weird. I mean, as you talk about, I mean, you know, tr- the idea of traveling to any degree across the state, state yep. line is unique. Um, you know, we have a friend that works at, at a hospital in town and if she were to leave, uh, any, Basically, to go anywhere, uh, that has to be noted, and then potentially she has to be, you know, removed for a couple of weeks. I mean, there's a, a lot that's there. It is uh, unique. And so, with that, as you're making decisions, as folks at Shoreline are making decisions moving forward, which we're not announcing anything, but but as those decisions are, are coming and those conversations are coming, give us a little behind the curtain what sure. those conversations look like. Yep. Is that conversations with other pastors, yeah. other churches, state leaders? Local leaders, that type thing. Yeah, so we communicated our people, um, you know, that we and, and and maybe if some of our our listeners are connected to other churches, um, and you guys are still wrestling through it, I, I will say that we we felt good about our inputs. Meaning, uh, we chose to uh, open ourselves up to four different inputs as we made decisions. And number one was first and foremost the Holy Spirit. Uh, we wanted just to continue to be prayerful about this, ask the Lord to give us wisdom guide our steps in it. The number two uh, variable was guidelines, whether those were coming, uh, you know, initially it seemed like they were coming from uh, our, our local um, health and government officials, or now it's coming from our state guidelines. Uh, and, but we want to pay attention to those. We want to be respectful to those. Uh, at this time, we don't sense any need to just stand in opposition to those. We don't feel as if, um, you know, we've gotten into anything that is just... Um, uh, you know, unreasonable or harmful to the church. And so uh, number one, Holy Spirit, number two, guidelines, number three, leadership. That includes our staff. That includes our elders. That also includes some, some, um, lay leaders that we've leaned in on, whether they're health officials, um, doctors, uh, you know, even people with logistics. We've kind of brought a few of those folks in. And then the fourth and final piece is we actually just reached out to the body and, uh, we sent out a survey and asked people, not so much to tell us what they think we should do, uh, but rather just to tell us where they're at. And I will say that I was surprised by the results. I don't know how much we'll actually unpack the results. So I'll, I'll share a little bit of that. I was surprised by how many people were basically communicating that they were ready to come back as soon as the doors were open, as long as certain parameters were in place. I was surprised by that. Um, with that said, there's certainly a good portion of people also um, that said they just don't know. You know, hey, we don't have any opposition to, uh, you know, to, to the church providing services. We just may not participate right now. And then there were some that simply said we just cannot participate, which we would know, you know, they're vulnerable for either due to age or due to some pre-existing health condition. Uh, we, we get that. And so um, we've tried to lean in on all of that. Uh, the encouraging thing is, that, you know, we really did ask some hard questions about like, what are your needs? And like 86% of our people basically said, we're good. Uh, and that was really encouraging. 
Uh, I would say the thing that is maybe discouraging, it was, uh, I want to say something like 70% of our people said that they were battling or not as they're battling, but they, they noted themselves as feeling isolated, which we all know can lead to some pretty harmful stuff, whether it is depression, uh, you know, anxiety, just, just, um, you know, loneliness. There's a lot that's there. And so, uh, we have kind of deemed that we feel as if, for the most part, um, there is a large enough contingency in our people that that say that they feel comfortable and ready to come back, that we are going to start leaning that direction. Now, there's a big question between what do people want and what is best. And so that is probably the bigger variable because unequivocally, we can say based on what people have said, we could probably go ahead and open the doors again under per- correct guidelines or bring people onto campus, I should probably say. The big question is, is that the best decision? Uh, because sometimes what everyone wants isn't always the right decision. Mm-hmm. And so we're thinking about, you know, really, I mean, we, we look every day at those local numbers. I mean, right now, again, in Knox County, you have uh, right at 40 active cases. That's encouraging. I think the moment that um, things, you know, trend a direction, you know, that that looks scary, then we can we can reassess. And that's one of the things we're going to be quick to say. Um, you know, when we when we do open up, we're basically going to communicate, hey, don't just think that this necessarily means that we're open for good. In fact, we very well may bring people on campus for a Sunday with no necessarily guarantee that the next Sunday mm-hmm. we're coming back. Uh, I mean, meaning we, we very well may say, we're just going to give this thing a shot. But when we come onto campus and we put all these guidelines on, if it is not an experience that we think is really true to who we are or an experience that really helps people, then we'll just pull it. You know, we'll pull it because we're having a lot of success in other ways. Sure. And, and I would say, too, if you're listening to this and, and you're going, well, this is what my church is doing or that's what this church is doing. Look, context matters. And yes. so like yes. where I was at over this past weekend, my father-in-law goes to a what what many would call a country church, very small, uh, very small attendance. And so what they're going to do is going to look different than what Shoreline's going right. to do. We know that that there's some other churches even here in town that are opening up this Sunday. Right. Well, it's because their their uh, auditorium lends itself better right. to do something right. like that. And so context common, common spaces yeah, are different. Right? Yeah, Things so like context that. matters in that. So if you're if you're going, well, how come my church isn't but this church is? Well, there's probably more to it than they're just flippantly deciding something. Right. This and is every pastor that I've talked to has wrestled with this and thought through this and looked at this in every situation and up and down and, and from every direction. And so there's been a ton of thought and a ton of prayer. They're not flippantly no, making these decisions. No. Yeah, you got, I mean, think about it. You talk about a church plant, okay? Mm-hmm. A church plant often is very young initially in nature. Okay, sure. So they're often very young. Uh, you got a lot of young families and often in meeting in a, a rented or leased space that may be something like a school. Well, I'm telling you, you are not getting into a school in most <laughs> cases these days, yeah. you know? And so, uh, you, you've got that. So, so some context are, are unique that way. A lot of young families are not going to be bringing their kids because you can't be providing childcare. And I get that. We get that. Then you also have the other demographic of, of some churches that are much older. 
And so if someone's like, hey, listen, if 85% of my congregation is in a high-risk area or in a high-risk demographic, we need not come back. You know, Now, for us, we kind of recognize that we probably have enough people that fall in the middle to warrant uh, you know, doing something to some degree in some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, it's, again, it's going to allow for leadership. It's going to allow for the church to stretch and look at different ways of reaching people. And, and we're all trying to figure it out. And so it isn't a, a negative thing. It's a positive thing that churches are going to walk through this and, and, and figure out what to do next. And, and I'm grateful that our state has, has kind of said, Hey, we want, we stand behind our churches. We know y'all want to get back open. Uh, we're here to help with some guidelines. And, and so we'll do the best that we can. And we look forward to the time that we can come back together. Yep. We'll be back. So as we finish up the show today, hopefully it has been uh, refreshing. I mean, that, I think when people think Jason and Andrew in between Sundays, the first thought probably is refreshing. Refreshing. Yeah, I mean, like, I think a, it's like a cool the breeze yeah. of a summer evening, like something you know, like that. Yeah, when when everything else is closed, sure, we'll listen to those hey, guys. Can, can I spend the last <laughs> few minutes that we've got? I want to give a few shout-outs. Sure. Okay, for starters, I want to give a huge shout-out to your team because you guys did an absolutely fantastic job on the Hope Resource Center well, online virtual bank, banquet. And I thought it was really, really well done. Um, I wanted to ask this because I would imagine some people simply just, you know, either they forgot. Yeah. Uh, that is the one thing that is a little bit unique. It, sure. I've found my, I, I'm never a forgetful person in the sense of like, oh, I just missed an appointment. Yeah. But I will they say there's something about a meeting that is online that sometimes like I, I've had one or two times of like, oh, I forgot to jump on that call. It could you know, also it be your age. Weird. Yeah, it, it could, could be, be my age. age. Yeah. Probably. Um, so if people missed it, uh, you know, is there a way for them to still see, Absolutely. you know, the, yeah. the broadcast? Yeah, you can see it on investinghope.com. You can watch it on our Facebook page. You can find it on our Instagram page, YouTube. Nice. Uh, all of those places. And uh, I would imagine you will still receive their money. If uh, they 100%. Yes. 100%. And we have been. I mean, the, the response has just been, uh, that was the largest online giving night day we've ever had at yep. Hope. And the, at a, at a Hope in-person banquet, we typically have 400 to 450, maybe 500 people. Uh, the banquet so far has 2,500 people have viewed it. That's awesome. Uh, and so the, the reach has just been amazing. The response, the engagement with folks have been great. And so uh, we were really, really pleased with the way Good. it turned out. Good. So shout out to your team. Thank way you. Way to go to them. Other next one is I want to give a shout out to our folks in Nashville. Lots of friends in Nashville, Goodness and gracious. man, they have had it's been rough. They've had a rough road, yeah. you know. Between uh, I've got friends that that have been without power for you know like forty eight yeah. hours type stuff in the middle of quarantine. Yeah, that's really hard, and that is right on uh, the heels of having gone through tornado stuff. And so, just want um, our Nashville listeners uh, and friends. Just to know that we're thinking about yeah. them. And then I want to give a shout out to my iPhone. Okay. Yeah. Did, you didn't see that coming. I didn't. Yesterday, see that I was able to record for the first time, uh, you know, our, our sermon and some of the, you know, the transitions and things and stuff for our online experiences. Yesterday was the first time in weeks I've been able to be back in our on campus studio. And not use my iPhone in my kitchen. Isn't it better? And my iPhone has, it has fought the good fight yep. uh, over the last several weeks. 
Uh, it has died a few times. I've had to dump it of uh, all kinds of store, you know, like try to create sure, storage yeah. multiple times. Uh, there has been many times I've recorded something, then, you know, come back to the other side of the camera and realize that like half my face wasn't showing yeah. or it had gone out of focus. But it still did its part. And so, um, yeah, thank you, iPhone. Any unsung heroes or any shout-outs you need to give today? Uh, I would say I'll give a shout-out to the the Amish folks that, that nice. we saw last weekend. Because I was watching, there was this dad in a, in a buggy, and he had a, a mule pull in his buggy. And he had three kids, little kids, on the buggy with him. And he pulls up next to this scrap pile, which I'm assuming Amish country is probably a community scrap pile. Right, Just right. grab what you need. Yep. He pulls up on the, with this buggy mule, three little bitty kids, and he just says, whoa. He gets off the buggy and leaves those kids on that buggy with that mule. Amazing. That could run off at any point in time. Amazing. Yep. So maybe I'm giving the shout out to the mule. Yeah. <laughs> and so then he spends five minutes. I'm just watching, being a nosy. Sure. Sifting through but this. You, you would be irresponsible to And not I was pay recording. Attention. I was recording. No, I'm kidding. I just, <laughs> and so he's sifting through the scrap pile and those kids sit there the whole time. The mule never moves and he gets what he needs, hops back up on the buggy and just goes, let's go. And there they go. And Unreal. I thought, real. I can't even train my kid to just sit at the dinner table. <laughs> and you have three little ones sitting on a buggy and the mule never moved. If that had been my brothers when yes. we were kids, one of them would have said, yeah, let's go. And we'd have left my dad in that Correct. scrap pile and Correct. who knows what would have happened. Correct. And I just thought that is amazing. Train me your, of your ways. Yes. And so uh, and we, we bought it. a place up there and we're moving. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Quite the dichotomy today as we wrap up our show as I'm giving a shout out to technology and you're giving a shout out to our Amish friends. It was, it was one of the most impressive things I'd ever seen. Man. It man was, and, and the, I'll just say the beard game at, in Amish country, hipsters don't have anything. They had not trimmed the beard. They uh, have for, not for, for trimmed the beard. They had not trimmed the they beard. They had not trimmed the beard and the beard game was strong. I even looked at Aaron and she rolled her eyes because I said, Man, the beard jeans up here are amazing. They all have beards, all of them. Very full beards. The and kids, they, the little kids, they little all have kids, beards. Little kids, all of them. No. And, and, uh, uh, and they probably were looking at us going, what are those guy? skinny pants? Why He's does got, he have skinny but pants? But he does have a good-looking haircut. That's, <laughs> that's right. So. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>